the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The shock of freedom is the reason why a lot of slaves go back into slavery, even though the Declaration of Emancipation is made. They'd rather enjoy the comforts and security of a tyrannical slave master than the freedom that comes with the true and the living God telling you you are created in the Imago Day. No creature in the planet has any right to govern your life without the permission of God. A new life in Christ, as amazing as it is, and as liberating and freeing as it is, you and I still struggle this side of heaven. We're comfortable with our old life, the way we used to live. Gives us a good reason to understand why it's so important to train our children young in the faith. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand, who takes us back to Exodus 16, verses 1 through 18, as we continue our series, Arise, Move, and Go. As our old nature goes, it's the tyranny of old appetites. But in Christ, there is a training of new appetites, and the struggle is real. We tend to want to fall back to what we know to be comfortable, which is death. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with more on today's broadcast of Way of Grace. This is so absolutely critical here. I want you to hear how the psalmist puts it in Psalm 106, verse 7, then verse 13 and verse 25. Now, I'd love to say something about Psalms in regards to this, but I think I'll wait till I pick up the Psalms a little earlier. Listen to the narrative in Psalm 106, verse 7. Are we there? Um, Our fathers understood not your wonders in Egypt. He's telling the truth, is he not? Right, so the psalmist is writing 500 years after the event. And when he looks back on the history, guess what he says? They didn't even understand what God was up to when he delivered them out of Egypt for a whole year of display of his sovereign power. That's bad when you don't understand how he loves us. They didn't understand his wonders in Egypt, and they did not remember the multitude of his tender mercies. See, so it's one thing to be stupid. It's another thing to be negligent of something that God doesn't have to do for you, not only one time, but over and over and over and over again. When you hear the words, tender mercies, multitude of tender mercies. That means God forgives and forgives and forgives and forgives and lets it go and lets it go and lets it go and lets it go because he knows what he's up to. God knows what he's up to. See, he's a husband that doesn't have a jacked up GPS system. He knows where he's going and he knows what he's doing with this woman as well. He knows. 
This is what you're going to learn as well. Our elder put it very clearly. He knows how we teach about marriage. It is a Bible-based, cross-centered, spirit-aided project. You need all three to do marriage right. Am I making some sense? God knew he'd have to forgive these knuckleheads over and over and over and over again. And yet they were belligerent enough not to remember his mercies. But they provoked him at the sea, even the Red Sea. Now we're just out of the Red Sea and he's about to provoke them again. We'll see that next week. But look at our next verse that we have cited here. This is going to be um, verse number 20, uh, verse 13. They soon forgot his what? They waited not for his counsel. So when you take a person like this who don't understand, who is negligent to merciful overtures, who are quick to forget, who are inclined to provoke and not wait for you to give an answer, that person got issues, don't they? Israel had issues. It's important for you to know the person that got plucked up out of Egypt is a whole nation of people that have what? Like you and me. Issues. We can laugh about them, but they can become very problematic. Issues here. Issues here. So under the national complaint, we have deconstructed this. We have seen very clearly that their behavior has proven that they're not ready for the responsibilities that come with freedom. They don't understand that what God is doing for them is actually transforming them. And in the transformational process, anytime you and I have to be transformed, we have to face the ugly reality of what we are before the transformation takes place. Can I keep talking to you? Right. This is what I just said. Whenever you enter into a serious, intimate relationship with somebody and y'all both know where you're going and have figured out how to get there, you are telling each other's stories. And you got to figure out how to tell the story to each other as honestly and as accurately as possible so that you don't both collapse into fantasy. See, you are not being responsible to yourself nor to your spouse or spouse to be if all you're doing in storytelling is lying about who you are. Now, if you have a really good, really good partner, he or she will help cultivate in you. This is what we'll learn how to tell the truth as you share stories, right? How to tell the truth, because listen, only the truth is going to set you free. And you don't want to marry a slave to a former system when you two are called upon to build a new system and you don't want to lie to him or her and tell them you're free, available, committed, and ready when you're really still a slave to the past system yourself. It's really important to get that. So they soon forgot his works and they did not wait for his what? This is remarkable. This here is an inference. This is called an inference. This is what I was saying visually. That sister is sitting on the side of the car and in her mind, she has taken the car and turned it around and went back. She didn't wait on his counsel. And frequently you and I are like that with God. So what does it mean to not wait on God's counsel? It means to not even call upon him, not even inquire That is the horizontal dilemma that runs through the whole Exodus account. 
you'll notice they didn't call on God. Just trying to help you walk through the narrative carefully. And I've told us for years, when you find yourself murmuring and complaining, it's because you're ignorant. I told, I told now, now, all that means is we haven't been able to put it back together. We took it apart like children do. Told y'all that, right? We took it apart, but we haven't been able to put it back together. Because once you can put it back together, it means you understand. See, mature people can take it apart and put it back together. That's called understanding it. You take it apart, understand it in its individual components, and then see it in its whole. You can take it apart and put it back together. Now you can speak to it. Now you can authoritatively employ it, manage it, control it. But when you can only take it apart, it means you're a child. See what I'm getting at? Y'all know what I'm saying. We love picking things apart because there's a native sort of adolescent child power in that. Kids don't have to be but three years old to know how to tap all the furniture in the house. But they can't even find the drawer where the hammer is or the screwdriver to fix it. It's not even in their vocabulary. And that's how a lot of adults are. They can tear it up. Can't put it back. Y'all keeping up with me? I'm laying the foundation for the Old Testament church and its fundamental characteristics, and you and I can be touched by it. Sub point B, they fabricated a past, didn't they? They fabricated a past, and that past is absolutely also further insightful because, again, if you look at it very carefully as we're dealing with it over in verse 3, it says, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the what? Now notice this, they have utterly disregarded reality. This here is what we call in psychology, the Stockholm Syndrome. Pastor, what's that? That's when your abuser controls you, manipulates you, messes your head up, maybe even rapes you, and does it long enough to where you are maladjusted to it. When they can get in your head and tell you their abuse upon you is actually good. And then you become so traumatized that when somebody comes to rescue you, you don't want to be rescued. See, this is really called addictive behavior patterns. And this is what's going on with Israel. Y'all see that, don't y'all? It gets really wild because there's a, uh, there's a reference in the uh, book of Numbers, chapter 20, verse 35, that goes like this. I just want you to see this as we, as we get ready to move on. Notice how Numbers puts it. Now, Numbers is, is an advanced journey in the, um, in the wilderness sojourn. We'll be up around the 20th encampment. We'll look at about three or four encampments there, but not too many. Notice what it says. In Israel... This is going to be, did I say is, uh, numbers? I don't want to be, I don't want to deal with the open verse. This is going to be numbers 20, verse 35. Numbers 20, verse 35. You already see though, she just arbitrarily landed on 25.3 and they already getting in trouble again. <laughs> we back at chapter 20, verse Okay, then I can use, oh, I got it. It's verse three through five. Here it is. And the people chode with Moses. Chide means to argue. And they spake saying, would to God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. These folk is in a hurry to die on Jehovah, aren't they? Do <laughs> you know you ill when you're trying to take yourself out? Look at verse four. Here it is. And we're, 
And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our cattle should what? See, they were in a constant state of the fear of death, weren't they? Getting ready to talk about that. I want you to get it. Verse five, here's the final one. And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt? You see, they're still longing for back home up out of Egypt to bring us in unto this evil place. It is no place of seed or figs or vines or pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. You know what they just did? This is what we call in theology overrealized eschatology. They're acting like they should already be where God is taking them. A land of milk and honey, of vineyards and trees, of rivers and lakes, but they're not there. They're in transition, but they want to blame Moses for not being there yet. See, again, this is an adolescent mentality that does not care for the process that we're about to talk about now. See, everybody want to be saved and glorified right away. Everybody want we want to be saved and whole. So salvation starts with justification, which is a work God does for you outside of yourself. And there's no feelings to being justified. It's a pure fact of history. God came down, took your place. You in him reap the benefits of him dying for your sins. You become the very righteousness of God in him. And in God's eyes, he sees you just as Jesus. And he's bringing you to the reality of being made like him one day. But you haven't fit because God doesn't walk around always acknowledging your feelings. Am I making some sense? Of course I am. So we love the doctrine of justification. But the doctrine that we struggle with is the doctrine of sanctification. And that's equivalent to being married. married marriage is difficult because marriage requires transformation. And that's what we're dealing with here with Israel, having a hard time with her husband. Overrealized eschatology. This is why I said they fabricate the past. They fabricated the past. In fabricating the past, they actually lied about Pharaoh and then lied about God. They made Pharaoh good and they made God bad. Listen to me, child of God. After Joseph, all the Pharaohs ever did was try to kill the children of Israel. He was a psychopathic, tyrannical murderer. I'm telling you, I'm just going to give you a little parenthetical and I'm going on. This is where we are today in our world. If you're ignorant, you're ignorant. We're in a world of psychopathic tyrants killing people. And the notion of loving our present world system is utterly absurd. Not only have they turned Pharaoh into some great loving God, they have made God evil. Do you see that? All right. So it's very important to get what's going on here. And, and what is God doing? What is God doing with Israel? He's doing a number of extremely important things. First of all, he's teaching them. He's teaching them. He's teaching them. Go back to our text. Look at verse 16, part four, uh, uh, verse 16. Uh, uh, chapter 16, verse, uh, verse four, notice what it says. Here it is, a latter part. Then said the Lord unto Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every, every day. I'll talk about that in a moment, but watch it. In order that I might what? Prove them, test them, whether they will walk in my law or what? No, see it? 
Please understand what's going on here. God has perceived the situation this way. He paid for them. He gave the dowry for them. He shed blood for them. He destroyed their foes. He moved them into a relationship that we're going to confirm in two more journeys at the uh, Sinai mountain with a covenant, a covenant of marriage. But in his mind, he's already married to them. But this woman has to change because she still feels like she's married to Pharaoh. Anybody keeping up with me? And so when a man is truly born again, the Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. What we understand that is, is already, but not yet. We're new in Christ, but we are becoming new every day. And the renewal process requires old things passing away. So what God is doing is bringing them into a relationship of intimacy that requires the intensity of transformation so they can get used to a new God. Y'all got what I'm saying? I love this. I love what I'm talking about. He says, in order that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. I'm going to have a conditional situation with them whereby from time to time, I'm going to discover not to me, but to them that they are not sufficiently ready to be married to me. But I'm also going to show to them that I'm still committed to them in the same way I was even before they had a being in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I was committed to hunt them down and bring them out and make them my bride. But she's got to change. She's got to change. Y'all getting it, right? She's got to change. And so in order for God to get what he wants out of them, he has to allow them to go through tests. Does the Lord test us? That's right. The Lord trieth the righteous. That's the thing you got to hurry up and understand. You might get a little reprieve for a while, but it's coming again. It's just coming. And you and I are under a training program. Told you that last week, didn't I? Deliverance, development, and then ultimately deployment. So what we got going on here is a training regiment by which the children of Israel through these provings that God is going through from time to time with them, he is showing them his faithfulness over against their unfaithfulness. But he's also, as we're about to see in our second point, changing their appetite. All right. So the first two journeys... Uh, the first two trials, the first two tests, the one we dealt with last week in Mara was journey number four. And now we're at journey number eight. There's an equidistance that matters. I'm going to pull the map up and show you in a second. But what God did at the Mara trial was prove to them that they live in a dangerous world and that they can't eat anything in the desert and they can't drink anything in the desert because it will kill them. Did y'all keep up with me? The waters of Mar were bitter waters, poisonous waters. Now think about that. When you got somebody leading you somewhere, you got to be able to trust them on a whole lot of levels. You got to know they know where they're going. They got to know the landscape, the geography. They got to know all of the holes and pockets that are able to sustain you in your journey. 
This is why what Moses had to do when they engaged in the horizontal dilemma of blaming Moses, he said to God, God, I I can't solve their problem. I can't solve their problem. God says, I know. I know you can't. This is the point I'm trying to get to them. And God showed Moses a tree. And Moses was instructed to cut the tree down and cast it into the water. Was he not? That's because the tree was the source of the healing of the water that they might be able to drink. That tree was Christ. And Moses is the law. He can't save you. He can't purify you. He can't cleanse you. He can only point you to the one that can. Do y'all understand what I just said? See, so I want to help you on this nefarious, crazy, surreptitious journey that you and I are on. God knows where he's going. He also knows the spots and the reservoirs and the places where he can go to actually meet your need so that you don't turn back legitimately. I'm making some sense, right? Follow me now. Israel, if you go back to the 15th chapter, after God healed the waters, God took them right down the road to a place where there were 70 palm trees and rivers. He took them to an oasis. It was absolutely phenomenal. What does that mean? That God knows where they are going. He knows that. He knows how to provide for them. So frequently, you and I, you and I are wondering, is God going to be able to deliver us? Look at chapter 15 over at verse 27. And they came to Elam where there were what? 12 wells of water and three score and 10 what? Palm trees and they encamped there by the what? In other words, they didn't know that there was water right around the corner because they can't see around the corner, but God can. God can see around the corner and often your blessing is right around the corner, but because you're too ignorant to break through the horizontal dilemma and say, God, lead me like a shepherd, lead me to the water and the palm trees. Y'all see that? And and so God moves us ungraciously into the narrative that you and I are dealing with, which is so critically so critically important that we're dealing with point number two, because God is actually training us. He's, he's delivered us. Now he's developing us, developing us. Point number two, the training of our what? Our appetite. The training of our appetite. That's what God is doing. He's pri- tri- uh, trying us and, and, and developing us. Now, if you pull my map up for me, it should be three maps. I want to deal with the bottom one first. If you can, if you can pull that up. Um, you're almost there. Let's see here. That, give me our next map. All right. So right there, I'm trying to see if I can get my marker to show because at the top, you guys see Ramses, right? Right. These things don't always work when you want them to work. Anyhow, you guys can see Ramses. She can scroll that up when you cut. Uh, she can expand that. When you come down from Ramses, remember, we came out of Sukkoth. And then we came down to Pahiroth. Now, Pahiroth is right there on the left side of the tracking line. That's where Israel crossed over the Red Sea. And then we came to the wilderness of Etham. Do you see Etham? And then we come down to Mara. Do you guys see Mara? You guys see Mara, right? And so Mara was the test we just had in the previous chapter. That's the test we just had. Israel had to come from way up at Ramses to come down tomorrow. That's a good little journey, isn't it? 
That's a good little journey of solitude with God. It's a good little journey of solitude with God where he has tried you in terms of stop, rest, arise, moving. Stop, rest, arise, move, and go. Because this is the rhythm of relationship with God because he knows how to not only keep you out of trouble, but get you to where he wants you to go. But you got to follow him. And a lot of people are stuck because they don't know how to follow God. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.